Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if Seabus is right for you, visit seabussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you This is the final word. World Cup Daily Day 32 for Seabus Super, the industry super fun. Lacking your retirement for six, visit seabussuper.com.au to find out more. I'm Adam Collins. We're at Edgebaston Cricket Ground where we've seen England put in a pretty gutsy old performance today against India, coming up Trump's in a game they needed to win. And I'm going to ask Jeff Lemon to tell us about it a little bit more in the space of 30 seconds. England are back, baby. They got what they wanted. They got Jason Roy opening the batting and a pitch that let them bat on it. Put on a massive opening stand. Bairstow, Roy, 160. Ben Stokes came in and absolutely thwacked 79 of 54 balls. They boosted their way up to 337. Butler made 20 off 8. It was always going to be tough for India. Rohit Sharma made 100 at a runner ball. It wasn't fast enough. Virat Kohli made another 60. It wasn't big enough. They couldn't get there. Hardik Pandya smashed them around at the end, but they were never close. And Dhoni looked after his average at the close. That's a good way of ending it. There will, there will be... Oh, I, can't, I can't kind of believe how Pandya struck, strikes four boundaries almost as soon as he arrives. He gets the equation down to a relatively manageable 104 to win in the last 10 overs. Now, I know history is against him at that point. I appreciate that having lost Rohit Sharma, having lost Kohli the two men who could have gone gigantic, that a lot was falling, falling on the shoulders of the young man. But he had Dhoni with him, who's meant to be... He's in the side for precisely this. Last time I checked, he was, he was there because he could control chases. And the minute that Dhoni walked out, Pandya didn't strike another boundary. The, it felt that the, the, the chase capitulated the moment that, that Dhoni entered. They ended up falling so far short. By the last five overs, he actually stopped trying to win the game. It was a very odd and limp finish to what could have been exhilarating. But in the end, they only lost by 31 runs. Yeah. And, and through those last 10 overs, most of that last 10 were going for five, six, seven. You thought if they'd gone, if they'd had a couple of big overs in there, a couple of 
of 15 run overs. And sure, it's not as easy as just flicking a switch and doing it. They were getting good bowling. Chris Wokes was bowling very well at them. Um, you know, Joffre Archer, Archer particularly, giving them no room to hit. Um, and, and I don't think it's... Yeah, it's not like they weren't trying to score. But, yeah, there was a point where they gave up the chase and decided, well, we'll just make sure we don't get bowled out and, and damage our net run rate. Which is crazy because getting bowled out with five overs to go, four wickets down, was never going to happen anyway. I mean, the way I saw it, a, Archer's last spell was outstanding. Let's not take anything away from him. But the way they chose to play Archer was to be happy to take the singles around the various different sweepers. Mm. You need to show intent at that stage. And then you need to transfer some pressure back onto the fielding side. You need to hit the sweepers hard and, and so on. But that's what was lacking. So it meant that England were able to get into a groove early in the over, yeah. usually pick up a dot ball or two by the stage, ball three or ball four. Yeah. And even if they managed to get a boundary away at the back end of the over, they were still, the, the required rate was growing to the point where it was up to three a ball with five overs to go. Well, I mean, every, there was no reason for it. Every crazy run chase in history has a couple of bits where things get a bit wild, where someone swings around, they get a bunch of top edges over the keeper, they get 20 off and over almost by accident. And that's the thing that helps get them back in the game. So uh, they didn't do that. You're never going to win a run chase if you don't go for it. There were a lot of positives out of the day as well. I mean, we're focusing on the, the end, but it was a captivating tussle for the vast bulk of it. The, the, the way that usually at, at Birmingham, I've seen quite a lot of international cricket here, it just bounces. The joint just heaves. There was none of that today. A lot of Indian fans in, but it was such a tense game that didn't get a chance to explode in here, which I, which I appreciated as well. A lot of people that love their cricket who knew how much this game meant, especially mm. to England. But also the England contingent were definitely outnumbered, and, and so given that England were pretty much on top, it, it just felt like suddenly everything had clicked back into place for them with the simple expedient of bringing Jason Roy back in. <laughs> you change that one piece, and suddenly he's there getting things going. Um, Bairstow starts to get some momentum after that. Bairstow surges to the 50 before Roy did even though Roy had the better start and then suddenly it's another 100 partnership for them Roy makes 66 and, and when he gets out Johnny goes on and suddenly feeling very good about himself after feeling pretty uh, tetchy about things in the previous few days yeah Jason Roy reminded me today in football parlance as we often work our way into on this show of a, of a good centre half forward he straightened them up from the minute that Jason Roy was hitting down the ground early on it gave them a sense of purpose and focus and it enabled Bairstow to start slowly. I think in the absence of Roy, Bairstow felt the need to get on with it straight away. A couple of low scores, which didn't help his confidence. Obviously, he had a rough week, which we'll come back to in a moment, I'm sure. But I think Roy gave... He was a good foil for Bairstow to find his form, find his dick. And then when he eventually took him over, two big sixes, uh, I think it was roughly to end the first power play, which got Bairstow heading in the right direction. He overtook Roy eventually and then made his way to his eighth one-day hundred, um, celebrated by holding the, bla the bat by the, by, the, by the maker's label rather than holding it by the handle. He threw his helmet on the ground, which, you know, you don't see Who that every it? day. Don't need it. Don't want helmets. What's the point? Hit me in the head. I like it. <laughs> well, it maybe may that's analogous to the way that Bairstow plays his best cricket. We saw uh, against Sri Lanka, there was the, um, the you know rearguard hundred. I say rearguard because he was out of the side with a stuffed ankle from a football game, and he came back in under all this pressure, lost the gloves, batted at three, made a ton. I think that was a Gaul or Colombo, and he, he was defiant in that moment, and it was because he copped so much criticism. Maybe there's a link there. Maybe Michael Vaughan needs to beat him up on social media um, every time England play, something like that.
Um, ben Stokes, outstanding the way he played. He's, he's had to hold the side together a couple of times in recent games, but today he got to express himself um, after a bit of a consolidation period where they batted slowly. He then started hitting out three sixes, including the most ridiculous one of the day. I, it's Hall of Fame for me, but I want to bring it up now as well. The the, the full switch hit. Um, he didn't reverse the hands, but he fully reversed the stance, got into a right-hander's stance um, and just absolutely murdered the ball over deep mid-wicket. And they cleaned up. India's two wrist spinners, Chahal and, and Kuldeep Yadav, went for 160 between them off 20 overs. Yeah, and that was a really influential part early. So Chahal bowled in the power play, Kuldeep not long thereafter. And they've been able to be deployed by Colt, by Colt in this tournament and in bilateral series recently too to suck the oxygen out of uh, out of a side. So you get through the quicks and then you've got these two wrist spinners and they're just as potent uh, as the quicks early on in the innings. And they took both of them down in their first spells. And again, it's all about transferring pressure and pivoting. And that's what they were able to do. As for Ben Stokes, uh, he struck some beautiful shots today. Three half centuries in a row. They've been kind of an exercise in contrast. Too. Yeah, they, they, you know, 80s, look at the first 70s one. And 80s, not yeah, 50s. that's right. First one was holding them in the game at Sri Lanka before teeing off at the end. Unbeaten on 80 odd. The second one against Australia was almost in a in a losing effort as wickets fell around him. Today he was actually able to express himself and be the dominant player that we know he can be. If anything, the only thing I'd add is that what a shame that Josh Butler came in uh, at the loss of the fourth wicket instead of the third wicket because you see the way that Butler makes 20 and 8 balls. I mean, a bit like the, the conversation we had around Maxwell against India about a month ago, it feels like now. Um, there, was. There, was, there was room for Butler to come out and play one of those innings. Instead, he only got eight balls are coming in in the 46th or 47th over. Joe Root occupying a lot of balls for about 40-odd. Um, nothing to... Obviously, Root has a, a, role, a role to play in this side in the middle overs, but it perhaps went on a bit long. Yeah, sort of raising that conversation about whether you should just be able to retire players when, when you decide that it's time to pop someone oh, I think else you in. should. I mean, I know we're... We, I, mean, I, know, I guess I, you can I don't want Twitter that, that. Well, you, you can, it's within the rules, but I think it should become part of the orthodoxy in one-day cricket because Root actually became an anchor on the side through no fault of his own. It's just that his, his point of the game ceased to be relevant anymore when he's into the last 10 overs when you get far more out of a Butler or, or, or a Stokes or, or even a Chris Wokes or a Liam Plunkett. They all play a better role at that than, than Root. And then, as we've seen, the pressure of putting 300-plus on the board and then setting it to a team to chase, it can be too much. KL Rahul went early for a duck, and then Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli were just marooned out there. Chris Wokes bowled three maidens off the top. His first three overs picked up a wicket as well, um, got Rahul from a leading edge going back to him, and uh, what they got, what, 27 runs off the first 10 overs, Which I think? Which is the slowest they've gone in a power play since 2007. I know India... Slowest anyone's gone in a power <laughs> play since... Surely. Well, I know India, like, to take it slow at the start, slow at like the start of a relationship. They like to just take it easy. They don't want to overcommit. No, but this was like this. Know. This was like it hadn't gone beyond text messaging. You know? yeah. This was this was take, beyond <laughs> taking it slow. Yeah, six weeks in and they hadn't met up for a coffee yet. Yeah, they're still in the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and they were and they were in the mire. I mean, look, it was a big partnership. They put on what 130. Four, I think it was between them, but it just wasn't quick enough. And I, I know it, it might sound silly to be critical of someone who's made 100 and someone who's made 66, but they didn't get going fast enough. They didn't make up ground. And it wasn't that easy to bat out there. I know that um, Owen Morgan said that it, it looks easy when Roy and Bairstow are doing it, but that doesn't mean it's a flat pitch because he said the, there were balls gripping and the cutters were gripping in the surface. It was hard to start. It was hard to keep going. But, yeah, um, I would but they left that. way too much to do. Yeah, I, I would counter that by saying that they were going through the gears. I mean, I know they started slowly. They absolutely did. And they consolidated after losing that early wicket. But it felt at one stage there, yeah, I 
spoke to you briefly mid-innings, Jeff. I, saw, I felt like they were five overs away from busting the whole thing open. They, they'd taken the required rate to about eight and over. They got it down from about 8.7 and over, five overs before that. And they weren't far away, I felt, to really make it very difficult for Morgan, who was positioning his fielders inside the circle on the 30-yard points. So there was singles everywhere. They were finding the boundary frequently enough that, um, especially off Adel Rashid, that it felt as though they, they might have had a problem on their hands. Enter Liam Plunkett, who is a... Star. Bye, Isha. We'll get the door. Ta-da. Uh, thanks for your cameo. Uh, Liam Plunkett gets Coley and the whole game changes. Yeah, well, and, and Plunkett coming back into that side, he's just he's just important for morale, I think. He's, he's important for the handsomeness index. He's important for having players who look like oak trees walking around out there. But he doesn't bowl that quick. But he got he picked up Coley cutting to gully. Coley's been out on the cut shot a lot this World Cup. It's happened time and time again. So I don't know if that's an issue, that, a shot that he maybe needs to put away because backward point keeps nabbing him. But Plunkett also got Rishabh Pant and Hardik Pandya who were trying to hit out at the end. He just has that level of control, mixes up that pace, back of a length, hard to smash. They haven't lost a game that he's played in this tournament. They haven't won a game when he's been sitting out. Open and shut case for mine. He, I couldn't <laughs> believe when he was left out of the side to begin with. Uh, he plays such an important role. A modern cricketer, tons of slower balls, barely bowls seem up anymore. He was a genuine quick 10 years ago five years ago he was opening the bowling in test cricket and bowling at the better part of 150 clicks now he doesn't need to he's so smart so experienced um, I know uh, he, the Coley wicket was the big one but Rishabh Pant with Hardik Pandya they were they were reducing the required rate first ball back in a slower ball he deceived Pant who went over the front of his front pad tried to hoik him around the deep backward square a magnificent diving catch from Chris Wokes to dismiss him um, but that was off Plunkett's bowling and then another wicket at the end as well so you know, three for 55 was his return. Um, he, he was economical and effective, and I'd be flabbergasted if he doesn't play every subsequent England game in this campaign. You can't leave Liam Plunkett out. Got to, got to, got to have him in there somehow. I, um, yeah, for me, I still think that Wood and Archer in the same team don't quite work for me. I think it's one or the other, and then you've got the option to have Moen and Rashid have your two spinners going in either directions and have Plunkett in the side as well. But, yeah, as we said, Plunkett knocks off Pant and Pandya. They were the ones going for it, and then it's just Dhoni and Kedo Yadav knocking it around at the end for singles. Dhoni whacked a couple of boundaries in the last over, but there was nothing really to it. Player of the day for you would be? Um, that's a really tough question. I've just gone on about Plunkett, haven't I? Um, I, I, I? I'd be inclined to make it Wokes because of the three maidens up front, the early breakthrough, mm. um, immediately in the book after getting back in, his first ball back. So he, he had a massive gap between spells and I think it was Hardik Pandya was his yeah. second scalp. And then takes that magnificent catch to get rid of Rishabh Pant and some great diving stops as well. I think the complete whole holistic effort from him, it's easy to point to Bairstow who set up the game, but I'm, I'm happy with the, the, uh, the, the, the Brummy Botham, as they call him in these parts, the, the home town lad. Uh, he'll, he'll be my player of the day. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that catch in a moment in the Hall of Fame, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I was going to say Wokes as well, I, almost purely because at one point he was uh, six overs, three maidens, two for 16 or two for 14. He just gave nothing away and he really was the one who derailed the chase early by making sure that they couldn't score. And, and, I'd, and I'd add that Bairstow in the field, amazing on the rope. Some of those diving stops, he is ferocious. You don't think of wicketkeepers being particularly good fieldsmen. They drop a lot of catches when they're not got the gloves on. We've seen that with Joss Butler, actually, in the cordon especially. But um, I just thought that the way that Bairstow patrolled the deep point and the deep backward square boundary today was immense, especially after making a ton. Hall of Fame, that 
Okay, the Stokes shot is in there. The Wokes catch. My lord, Richard Pant plays the pickup shot off yep. his off his pads. Gets it quite nicely. He's trying to hit it for six. It's not quite going to go for six. It's going to bounce out at deep backward square and go for four. Um, Wokes is is out there at sort of deep cover point, and he comes around what about forty meters around the boundary, belts around at full pace, sees it there, gets off the ground, gets airborne, somehow snares it while he's flying through the air, crashes, lands about an inch inside the rope, manages to keep his balance so he doesn't touch the rope and pops up with the ball going, ta-da. Outstanding. Two things to add to that. One was that India didn't hit a six until the final over of their innings. So that would have been the first six. And two, I saw a banner at Glastonbury today saying, stay wokes. And it was a (laughs) a big poster, of a big flag rather, of Chris Wokes. Um, I'm going to pop in there. Substitute fielders. Uh, Ravinder Jadeja took a brilliant catch to dismiss Jason Roy. Took another one later on as well, like it wasn't even a thing. And then James Vince, the maligned James Vince, to assured chances in the field. He was on for Jason Roy. I kind of want to add Jason Roy into the Hall of Fame for that. Do you know he was off the field for a, a bruised arm? Very convenient with mm. a torn hamstring that we were speculating on air that maybe he had a little bit of a bruise on the arm and then they took to it with a hammer to make sure the bruise was big enough to justify why he could stay off the field and not have to be on there in their defence of 337 because obviously they don't want to risk his hamstring. That's ah, a real nice arm you got here. <laughs> It'd be a shame if it was so badly bruised you couldn't feel. That's the end of part one. Back in the chisel. Jeff, how about this? We've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge, but it's sent through by our great mates at Seabus Super. Really? Tell me what we've got. 9.29. Okay, so that would have to be 9 for 29, which mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for. That's very good for him. You're spot on. But 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. 50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Final word, welcome daily. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon. Jeff, throw us forward. Throwing us forward. Well, the big game tomorrow, the one that no one can wait for, is Sri Lanka and the West Indies at Durham. There's going to be a lot of interest and excitement around that one. Uh, Sri Lanka are out, West Indies are out. Nobody cares. Uh, they might as well just, you know, I don't know, do it with dice or something and, and not bother going through with it. Um, it's our first actual dead rubber. Our first genuine, genuine, authentic, official dead rubber. India have one day to regroup uh, that day, and then they've got Bangladesh here again on Tuesday. So that'll be interesting to see if they can bounce back. Bangladesh trying to keep themselves alive. Uh, England have the. Next day, they've got New Zealand in Durham, so it's it's all happening in those next few days. And basically, with this win over India, England now, if they beat New Zealand, they're good. They've got a semi-final, they're fine. If they lose to New Zealand, either Bangladesh or Pakistan could still knock them off if they win their respective games. And for our part, we're sticking around in this part of the world for a few days. We've got the Women's Ashes coming up in Leicester as well, so we're bouncing between Birmingham and Leicester as the Women's Ashes starts with a couple of one-days. There's a game here on Tuesday as well. Then we're off to Manchester for Australia's next game, another very busy week week in Final Word headquarters. Oh, well, it's it's 
bouncing back and forth, as you say. Yeah, it's not too far to Leicester, but Manchester for other games and then down to Canterbury on the opposite corners of the country on on an overnight trip um, after the Saturday night game with Australia and South Africa. So that'll that'll really just be a bit of a net session for Australia, I suppose, this weekend. Yeah, a little bit to play for, I suppose, with India having dropped this game today. Australia's probability of finishing top increases considerably, which would mean they can stay in Manchester for about 12 or 13 days, which would be a very good outcome for the Aussies. Oh, I see. So there'd be a sort of an incentive there. Huge that, incentive. That they they get the longer break after the first semi if they were to win that as well. So mm. there, there is there is a, a good reason for Australia to do well in that game. There's, it's, uh, it's live to that extent. And the other games coming up this week, of course, Afghanistan, West Indies, we're, we're keeping a close eye on that because that's Afghanistan's good best shot to try to get a win this tournament. They're immoral. They will win that game. Over, over a, a busted ass side. And then Pakistan, Bangladesh on Friday, which could be a dead game or if results um, go differently, it could be a very, very live game. Indeed it might be. And this has been the final World Cup Daily, Day 32, which means we've got to the end of the first phase of the Hall of Fame. Watch out for that. Next couple of days, we'll have more to add on the biggest democratic process our sport has ever seen. I'm Adam Collins. He's been Jeff Lemon. Thanks to Seabus Super, the industry super fund, hitting your retirement for six. Visit seabussuper.com.au and, and have a look on your feed for the Joss Butler interview, who went live yesterday. Thanks to Jay Mueller and Bad Producer Productions for pulling that together for us. Yes, if you're hearing this on the radio, just get on your podcast apps and look for Final Word Cricket Podcast. You'll find us and all of our other long-form interviews on the internet. We'll talk to you tomorrow. And if my future questions, my current senses That'd be the same we've been doing for centuries Sorry if I ran out to empty Wrote this so you know what I meant here I had to go about it, write it out And find it myself And there's some stories I can tell you Hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.